You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. You're welcome this morning. And uh, I believe that this is a special morning. <laughs> We've been having a wonderful time with the business people, starting from Monday, going through some scriptures and some principles that are necessary for manifesting kingdom wealth. And I believe that Because you are here this morning, I just want to continue so that it can, there can be a spillover on some of you who have, who have not been coming, but uh, the business people are quite generous. <laughs> Am I correct? They are quiet, as if, who are you talking about? Say, <laughs> so, of course, yeah, sure, that's it. <laughs> Yes. So I want to share with you a very powerful principle. A very powerful principle that can be that can be used for um, to 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 turn things around, to change things like um, miraculous interventions. There are, if you study the lives of the of the patriarchs, we have been looking at the patriarchs, because these patriarchs, they were entrepreneurs. They were people that walked with God. They were people that um, achieved great things for God. And up till today, even our faith rests upon the things that they have done. They've been able to, 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 to against every odd to um, Become great, not only, only on the earth, but before God. You see, it's easier to be great on the earth. To be great before God, it takes a lot more. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it takes a lot more. Some people focus just on being great on the earth. But <laughs> for eternity, for instance, there are people who will still who will continue to admire will continue to see their greatness. People like Abraham. There is no doubt. In fact, he has a whole um, he, he has a whole bosom. The Bible says the bosom of Abraham. <laughs> a whole place that is dedicated to him. So for eternity, he has that. He has been established as a father in the kingdom. He has been established as a father. He has been established. God established him as a source. The source of life. The source of an entire nation. The source of blessings as well. Even the blessing we enjoy today can be traced back to him. You see? So that's being great in the sight of the Lord. Being great in the sight of the Lord. But... I will look at, I'm not sure how many patriarchs I will touch on, but I will want to start by looking at uh, Deuteronomy 
chapter 8. This popular passage. We went through the whole chapter, but I will just take two verses. I'll take two verses and we will start from there. So I want to share with you, how do I title this now? <laughs> the secret power. The secret power of our fathers. Okay? You will see what I mean. Okay. It's a secret power that they use. The secret power that turns things around. That alters situations. The, the, there is a key that they use. Maybe I should call it a secret key. It's a key that they use to bring about divine intervention. Supernatural turnaround. To turn things around. There are times you walk in your, in your life, as you walk with God, as we go with God, you get to a point where you get stuck. It's as if things are stuck. Things are not moving. And you try everything. You're doing everything. Nothing is happening. There are ways in the Word of God. There are keys. There are principles that if you can apply, if you can apply by faith, there will be a turnaround. Heaven will come to you. Heaven will manifest in your life. Heaven will manifest in your situation. Heaven will manifest in your business. You can involve you can involve God in your business. Not just involve God, really. I think you can just give God your business. Many Christians who have businesses, the Lord spoke to me, I think about two years ago. He says to me, many of them, he is not involved. They are just Christians that own businesses. But those businesses are not kingdom enterprises. And because they are not kingdom enterprises, there are certain things of the kingdom that they cannot experience. There are certain benefits and privileges that go with being part of the kingdom that their businesses cannot experience. Why? Because many of them operate their businesses purely on a system that is becoming obsolete. Because the system of the world is going to be judged. Do you understand me? The system of the world is going to be judged. In case you don't know, if you build your business on the world system, it's going to crash. The days we are living in, we are getting into an, a time that God is going to begin to judge the systems of the world. God is going to cause a shaking. And if you do not establish it on the kingdom, it will not stand. It will not stand. So sometimes people think they are smart, but just give them time. And when God steps in and when the shaking begins, they will end up with nothing. They will end up with nothing. So... There is a secret weapon. And this, let's look at um, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 17 says, It says, Then you shall say in your heart, No, not verse 16. Let's, let's back up a bit. Let's back up a bit. Where do we read from? Okay. 
Let's, let's read from um, verse 10. It says, When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. All right? The, this is talking about the land of Canaan, but how it applies to us today is that there are promises, there are fields, fields of endeavor that God has promised us. There are fields of endeavor that God has promised us. And he says, when you get into that land and you begin to eat from it, you will bless the Lord. You will bless the Lord, right? You'll bless the Lord. So, um, next verse, verse 11 says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. I want you to know that a lot of Christian businessmen have forgotten the Lord. They are in church, but they've forgotten the Lord. Their hearts have departed from Him. They are eating, but they, can't, they don't remember the Lord. And it's, it's a terrible thing, but it has happened to a lot of people already. But the warning, God is warning the, the Israelites here, but he is also warning us today. He says, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, when your enterprise begins to expand, you franchise your business, and now it's all over. It becomes nationwide. Yes, and your silver and your gold have multiplied. You have become a millionaire, and you... Huh? And that all you have is multiplied. Everything just keeps multiplying. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. So you see, God is promising, listen, I'm going to do these things in your life. But when these things begin to happen, your human nature, your sinful nature has a tendency to forget. To forget, and you must not. You must not. You must do everything you can to ensure that you do not forget. When you begin to multiply, when you begin to increase, when you see you have properties all over the place. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. Yeah, you have properties all over the place. Your business has been franchised. Yes? And you are just smiling to the bank. Your fleet, you have fleet nationwide. Oh. Yes. You have a group of schools all over the place. Think about it. These are fields. These are fields. When you have, when you have uh, plantations all over the place, don't forget. You must not forget. It's easy to remember God when you are in need. Everybody thinks about God when he's in need. There's nothing special about remembering God when you are in need. But remembering God when you are full is a different ballgame. Remembering God when you are, when you are prosperous is a different ballgame. 
Yes. So, where are we? Verse 14. Okay. Who, yeah, so uh, when your heart is lifted up, obviously, lifted up, that's pride. Eh? Pride manifests. When there is increase, you have the opportunity to be proud. Anybody can be humble when they are poor. Yeah, of course. Everybody can be humble when there is nothing in the bank. When the bank manager begins to call you for a meeting and he begins to come to your office, yeah, and brings, he says, oh, okay, you need to sign this. And when they, are, they begin to tell you, no, now you need a private banker, you don't need to come, you don't need to do this, and they are doing all of that, and it's like the moment you cough, the, everyone begins to sniff. Yes. When you get to that stage, are you still going to be humble? To be honest, I don't know if you will be. I don't know. Only God knows. Will you still be an usher? Yeah, of course. When you are commanding millions, when you, when you walk into the office, everything is like everyone is around you trying to... And then you come to church and you are told this is what you have to do. Will you be able to take instructions? Not everybody can. Yeah? When you get to that level, then anything you want to do in church has to be like on the platform. Now I'm at a stage where I need to like share the pulpit with a pastor. I have a lot of things to teach these people. Huh? Yes? Yeah, of course. It's, I'm not saying something out of... It, I'm telling you what happens. I'm trying to show you the heart of man. Heart of man. Deceitful and desperately wicked. Yeah. So they forget. The heart is lifted up. Now you cannot do the things you now say. It's like years ago when I told someone to do something in church. He said, Pastor, you, you, you're giving me the dirty job. I don't, I don't want to do the dirty job. What does she want to do? She wants to be on the stage. She wants to be on the stage, but I'm giving her the dirty job that no one can see her. And she has not even become big with that kind of heart. If you are God, will you trust her with more? I wouldn't. <laughs> and what is even the dirty job she's talking about? Now, there's no dirty job in church to begin with. There's no dirty job in the kingdom. Do you agree? Because I gave her responsibility, some administrative responsibility to go and do, uh, do printing stuff and show that you know, everything is done properly. 
liaising with the printer and all of that. That's the dirty job. Yeah. No, what does she want? She wants me to come and say, okay, fine. Um, I preach this week. Next week you preach. And uh, you do this, you do that. Aha! And then you say, now, pastor is recognizing my gift. Your gift, my foot. That gift cannot be a blessing with that kind of heart. And because of that, I ensured that she didn't have any platform. Until she doubled into witchcraft. Out of desperation. Enemy can, can mislead people. I'm trying to get somewhere. My good. Okay. Let's keep down to verse 17. Time is going. Then you say in your heart, my power and my might have gained me this wealth. Can you see? You have increased now. You've multiplied. You've become great. Then you look and say, wow, I am so smart. Look at what I've been able to achieve. I've, I mean, I've, I've not done badly for myself. I mean, let's be honest, right? And everybody around you will be singing your praises. Of course, they, they are hypocrites. They won't tell you the truth even when you are going wrong. Why? Because they want something from you. Or even the benefit of just being associating with you. Because now you are so important that when people are around you, when people drop your name, <laughs> huh? when people drop your name, it means something. When they say, oh, you know, MJ is my friend. I used to know how we were, you know, in Midran and all of that. And say, that woman of God, you mean you know? You mean? Just to say, I know her. Hey, people will say, wow, you are so privileged. <laughs> yes. The time will come. If you continue to walk with God, there are things that you will experience, but you need to cultivate certain, um, certain, a certain kind of heart. Develop a kind of heart. It's an attitude you need to have. So he says, and you shall remember, verse 18. This is where I wanted us to start from. But Verse 18, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power. That you may, huh? the power to get wealth, that, you may, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is to this day. So you need to remember, even that ability that you have is not yours. The enterprise you have is not yours. It's not yours. It belongs to him. Belongs to him. You need to remember. He is the one that gave you the power. He gave you the ability. And what is the reason for that? To establish his what? His covenant. His covenant. The covenant is a secret of the patriarchs. 
So when God does things, he does things because of covenant. It's not because of you. It's because of the promise he made to Abraham. So don't think too much about yourself. You are not that relevant. You've just been given an opportunity and a rare privilege to be part of God's greater scheme of things. And you need to humble yourself and see who God, I mean, who you are. And you are nothing without Him. You are nothing without His ability. You are nothing without the covenant. It's even a privilege for you to be part of the covenant. Because remember, initially, we were strangers to the commonwealth of Israel. We were strangers to the commonwealth of Israel. They would look at you and they would say, this Gentile. Well, this infidel. It was only the Jews. But now, because of Jesus, he opens it up. And now you come in and begin to feel as if you are something. I know this is poking your self-esteem and all of that. But it's okay that you might reduce so that he can increase. Yes. You are something, yes, in Christ. Not without him. Not without him. So, if we are going to walk in great wealth, we must understand our foundation. And our foundation is with our fathers. Our forefathers in the faith. That's what we're standing on. That's what we're riding on. And that's what God is going to use to lift you up. Okay? So, but... In the covenant, there are different aspects of the covenant. And there is one aspect that is a key, which I want to introduce to you today. And that aspect, we can see that in Genesis chapter 28. We see that in the life of one of our fathers. <laughs> one of our fathers in the faith. Genesis 28. Reading from verse 10. It says, Now Jacob went out from Bathsheba and went toward Haran. So when he came to a certain place and stayed there all night, because the sun had set, he took one of the stones of the place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. 
and your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. I did not know it. So the Lord can be in a place and you don't know. Like now he's here, but I don't know if you know that he's here. Hmm? He says, I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob arose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put his head, uh, put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city had been lost previously. Then Jacob made a vow, come on, saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house and of all that you give me, I will surely give, you, give a tenth to you. Amazing. Incredible. This here I introduce to you the power of the vow. The power of the vow. The vow is one of the ways you can move the hand of God. It's one of the ways you can bring in divine intervention supernatural intervention into your life, into your business, into your family, through a vow, through the power of the vow. And we see Jacob was the first person in the Bible to do this. Well, we are told, that's the first person we are told about, or the first person that is recorded. I know that uh, Job has talked about the vow before, but we know, um, we know by, um, according to, to tradition that Job was a contemporary of Abraham. Although the book of Job comes later, but in the real sense, he was there a long time ago. But the first mention of the vow in the Bible is here. The first mention. And by the law of first mention, if you study that, you will see how... Uh, how um, Jacob used it. Remember, he was fleeing from his brother. Correct? He left, he ran away from home. He had stolen his brother's blessing. <laughs> and his brother was going to kill him. And he ran away from his brother. Ran away from his brother and came here at night. It's night time. He's tired. He wants to sleep. And then he takes a stone, makes a pillow with a stone, and goes to sleep. And while he's sleeping, heaven opens. Heaven opens. 
And if you study very well, you'll find that that same place where, um, where Jacob was lying down is a place where Abraham, his father, his grandfather, had raised an altar. So Abraham had opened the heavens over that place. And his grandson is here, he's fleeing from the brother. He doesn't even know, he's not even aware. And he's sleeping there, then poof, heaven opens. And he sees a ladder. Angels ascending and descending. And he sees God standing at the top of the ladder. And God introduces himself to Jacob. He says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac. He had not yet become the God of Jacob. So he was still the God of Abraham and Isaac. Why is God introducing himself like that? Because of the covenant that he has with Abraham. And the covenant that he has with Isaac. And now he's introducing himself to Jacob. And Jacob knows that he's running for his life. And God begins to give him the, the same promise that he gave to Abraham. He begins to tell Jacob the same thing. And at the end of this experience, at the end of this experience, Jacob wakes up and he is terrified. He is shaking. You know, some experiences you have with God, will, you will come out of it trembling. I don't know if you've had that before. When you, you come out of that and you are just trembling, you know. Wow, this is awesome. This is awesome. So what happens here? Jacob now makes a vow. Verse 20. He made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace. In other words, I don't die. I don't get killed. I don't get taken out by my brother. Then the Lord shall be my God. If this God can do this for me, then he will be my God. He will truly be my God. He has introduced himself as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, but not as my God. But if he will do this for me, then he becomes my God. He becomes my God. Right? He becomes my God. So that I come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. Yes. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. He knew the story of how his grandfather gave a tenth to Melchizedek. He knew the story of how his grandfather tithed to the priest of the Most High, Melchizedek, the king of Salem. So now he's saying, God, if you will do this to me, if you will do this for me, out of everything you give to me, 10% will be yours. Obviously, we know at this time, the tithe has not been instituted as law. So it was a free volition. Do you understand? It was in the law of Moses that the Bible now says the tithe is the Lord's. It's holy unto God. 
So, a lot of, and, and, and what, what's the meaning of the word holy? Anybody? Set apart, that's right. Holy, that's, it's holy. It's also holy. Set apart. It belongs to him. All right? So, what is happening is that many Christians who are in business don't tithe. So, because of that, their business is not set apart. It's not part of God's um, domain. It's not under God's government. Let me put it that way. Why? What they get is from the system of the world. Okay? It's from the system of the world, but they have not been able, they have not been able to consecrate it and set it apart so that heaven can now have ownership. So because of that, the enemy can come at any time. So the tithe is one way, the vow is another way. Hallelujah. The vow is another way. By a vow, I'm telling you, by a vow, you find that God is able to do things. When you make a vow, you are saying to God, God, if you do this for me, I'm going to do this. Now, people have made fun of Jacob for this. They're saying, oh, God, Jacob is trying to scheme God and he's trying to manipulate God. No, no, no. It's a divine principle. It's a divine principle. And you see it all over the Bible. All over the Bible. Especially in the lives of our fathers. Let me show you another, uh, 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 another scripture in Job chapter 22. So in a vow, what, what happens in a vow is that you say, God, if you do this for me, this is what I will do. Then God is going, God now has what he can use to step into that which is to come and to bring the future into your present. Are you getting the point? Okay, let's look at Job 22 from verse 21. It says, Now acquaint yourself with him and be at peace, thereby good will come to you. Receive please instruction from his mouth and lay up, the, lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty and you will be built up. He says, you will remove iniquity far from your tents. Then you will lay your gold in dust. Hey, how many people want gold to be laid up like dust? You know, there's no scarcity of dust, right? So there can be, you can come to a point where there's no scarcity of gold or, or wealth. And the gold of offer among the stones of brooks. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold. Hallelujah. And your precious silver. For then you will have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to Him. He will hear you. And you will pay your vows. Come on. Yeah. So you, you, you have to go to a place of prayer for if you are in a situation, you need a miraculous intervention. You need God to step in. You are in a tight situation. There is no way out. 
but there is always a way. There is, God has not left us without a way out. Naturally, it looks impossible. It looks like there's no way out. But I'm telling you before God, there are many ways. And this is one of the ways. So you go to God in prayer. You're praying for your business. Your business is stuck. Go before God in prayer. Pray, pray, seek his face. Prayer is one of the ways you humble yourself. Because the proud don't pray. They're saying, yeah, no, I've got it all controlled. But when you pray, you're acknowledging that you cannot help yourself. So you pray to God. You go before God in prayer. You pray about that, that business. You pray about that situation. Maybe it's a family situation. You pray about it. Maybe it's your child. You pray about it. Bring that child before the Lord in prayer. Bring him before God in prayer. If you bring him before God in prayer, after that, I mean, while you pray, he will hear you. Okay? And then you pay your vows. You should have made a vow. God, if you do this for me. Remember Hannah? Yeah. How did she break barrenness? With a vow. She broke barrenness with a vow. Hmm? You see, these are some of the secrets that our fathers had with God. And they say, God, I need a son. You need a prophet. If you give me the son, I'll give him back to you. Fair deal. Huh? So what did she do? She identified a need in God's kingdom. She aligned her need to God's need. Are you following me? She aligned her need to God's need and then she presented it before God. God, if you will sort out this, you can consider this done. Yeah. Have you you made vows lately? (laughs) So if you are stuck, it's not because there's no option. It's not because there's no way. It's because you are not choosing out of the many ways out. But this, I can assure you, is going to turn things around. Hmm? Imagine someone saying, okay, God, if you can give me, (laughs) I don't know how many millions you are believing for. If you can give me 10 million, I know. My need is just five. So let me double it. If you can give me ten, I'll give you five. Huh? In four days. Before tax. Okay. (laughs) All right. You see, the actuary is talking. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, The point is that you need to begin to deal with God like that as well. 
Because that's how your fathers did it. That's how they did it. If you give me a son, I will give him to you. By the next year, she was carrying a baby. All these years, she's been praying before. Not that she wasn't praying. She's been praying. She's been going to the temple every year. All the feasts. She's doing everything. Nothing happened. Until she made a vow. Until she made a vow. And when she made a vow, something was broken in the spirit. And Samuel was sent forth. And of course, Samuel opened the womb. Others came after him. We're going to break the power of lack. We're going to break the power of poverty. We're going to break the power of the enemy. We're going to break the power of oppression. We're going to break the power of rebellion. Just take that child. Put him on the altar. Say, God, this is yours. Make a powerful vow that God will be impressed. They say, wow. Huh? You want to do this? I am committed. I'm going to do my part. He will do his part. A lot of times, it's man that forgets. And man always has to be reminded. Say, do your part. Amazing. So this is one secret. One secret. That I believe is linked to the covenant. It's linked to the covenant. That solemn promise that you make to God. Say, God, if you will make this, if you will do this, I will do that. Okay? In Job, let's, let's, let's read verse 28. Look, pay your vows. Then look at verse 28. What does it say? Huh? Verse 28. Come on, look at that. He says, you shall declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. Let's read it in the King James. I like the way King James puts it. Look at it. It says, Thou shalt decree a thing. Because you've made the vow already. Alright? You've made your prayers. Now you're ready to decree. To make decrees. A lot of times we quote this, but we don't do what we're supposed to do before it. Can you see? So there are things you need to do before you start passing decrees. So you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy ways. All that darkness, that confusion is going to be dispelled. And you get up, you start decreeing. You decree. I'm a king in God's kingdom. I'm an ambassador for Christ. And by virtue of the authority vested upon me, I decree that this is going to happen. And it says, it shall be established. 
Why? Because you have followed the protocol. You have followed the spiritual protocol. You have honored the fathers. You have remembered the covenant. You have made your prayers. You have, you have made your vow. You have fulfilled your vow. And I'm telling you, things are going to turn. I want you to break the backbone of the enemy. Use this to turn things around. Amen? We're going to use this to turn things around in this church. We'll use this to turn things around in this nation. There's no limit. Hallelujah. So far as we align it to the kingdom, we align it to God's purpose, we align it to His own desires, nothing can stop it. Nothing. Then you will see heaven manifesting, invading your life, invading your family, invading the land. Because of the power of our vows for God. Let's pray. Come on. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.